0: If you're going to heal from the effects of trauma in your childhood, you're going to be entering a battle between good and evil. And I'm not saying that as a metaphor for anything else. I mean it literally. I am someone who, in my life, I've at times felt the presence of evil. And I felt it in places, I felt it around certain people, and I felt exposed to it in dreams, really really bad dreams starting when i was a kid dreams that you know shook me and without a doubt evil is involved when a parent abuses a child or neglects them or when people are bullied or when someone intentionally harms or or destroys another person would you agree that's evil because the definition of evil matches now according to merriam-webster the word evil describes a person who is profoundly immoral and wicked. Uh, They cause harm. They are marked by misfortune. That sounds like abuse and neglect of children to me. Now, as a noun, the dictionary says evil is the fact of suffering of misfortune and wrongdoing. Evil is something that brings sorrow, distress, calamity. And very significantly, especially in terms of how I see evil, it is considered a cosmic force. Now I call it the nefarious force because I just noticed that evil seems to have a life of its own. It's widespread. You can't ever stamp it out entirely. When you try, it comes back like a weed. And in particular, evil is contagious. Now once you get hurt by an evil action, It can function like a seed that sprouts later in your life. And this is, I believe, this is why we have generational trauma. A parent harms a kid, the kid suffers, but later that little tiny seed starts to grow and the kid grows up potentially to harm more people, including their own kids. Trauma can generate illness and depression, addiction, a loss of mental clarity, a loss of mental health, financial failure, damaged relationships. Trauma is a very destructive thing. And unfortunately, if trauma isn't healed, it is very likely to be passed on. So thankfully, there is also good. In our own lives, every person is living a battle between the part of them that rages and criticizes and abandons and denigrates, and the side of them that loves themselves, that lifts others up, that sees the beauty in living things, including people they don't like, and sometimes makes sacrifices for the benefit of others. Evil is real, but good is also real. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. The battle is waged right here. And if you lose your determination, if you lose your moral compass, or if you get overwhelmed and you can't persevere, the evil that you were hurt by when you were a child can start finding its way into the world through your actions. And this is how other people get hurt. I've done this. The way I used to make terrible unconscious choices about relationships undoubtedly hurt other people. And it hurt me. And the thing about trauma is that it makes the hard times so confusing. It's hard to see while you're going through it, that you actually have a role to play. It just seems like it's just happening to you. Maybe you get into a bitter conflict with someone you love. You rage at them, you say terrible things. That's a really normal pattern for people who were traumatized as kids, who witnessed that kind of thing when they were kids. So when that behavior is coming from you, it can feel as if it's from outside of you, out of your control, almost inevitable. And that's why I call it a nefarious force. It sometimes looks like a good thing coming into your life. A good thing you're doing, a righteous thing, a deserved thing. But your perception is a little bit off because of the trauma wounds. Because maybe you feel too ground down to not do the thing that you know is wrong. And before you know it, it's infected everything in your life. Your relationships, your mental health, your ability to financially support yourself, your physical health. Trauma does this. It's like a virus. And when you're vulnerable, it can overtake you. When you're strong, you can resist it. Your willingness to keep working toward healing, you know, your self-regulation, your newfound clarity about what is trauma-driven behavior and thinking and what is healed behavior and thinking, this is your moral immune system. And when that evil thread that began with your early trauma gets in, you can push it back out, or better yet, neutralize it. Your healing from trauma is how you make your life inhospitable for evil to get in. You become resilient against the traumatic experiences you had to go through in the past so that they don't transform from experiences to behaviors. They were experiences and now they're memories, but not behaviors. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but among men who are in prison for felonies, we're talking violent crimes, extreme crimes, Two-thirds of them experienced some form of early childhood victimization before the age of 12. I'm not saying that they're not guilty because of that. I'm just saying there's a connection. It happened to them. Either there was physical abuse or sexual abuse or neglect. So it is like a virus. Maybe one time you do something destructive and nothing bad comes of it. And then another time you do something destructive and you can't fight it and everything falls apart. So for men in prison, the most common type of abuse was physical abuse. They were beaten. There was, you know, sexual abuse has its own way that it infects people physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's very damaging. It can disrupt hormones. It can damage the most natural instincts that you have. And neglect might be the very worst of all, which you wouldn't expect, right? But neglect is the most correlated with complex PTSD symptoms. Something evil happened to you it hurt you. It's hard to fight it sometimes. And a lot of people around you probably normalized it or lied about it or gaslit you about it, but it happened and it was evil. Luckily, good is more powerful than evil. And as a person who works every day with people who, like me, they were traumatized as a kid, I've really come to believe I've observed it really, that people with childhood PTSD have an extraordinary capacity for good. So some days are really hard, but then we find it in ourselves to bring good into the world anyway. Not everybody does, not every day. It's hard to say whether that's a choice that we're making when we manage to do something good or whether we're just lucky or if we're just less damaged than someone else who wasn't able to do that. But the, the, the way that we were harmed by evil actions, and then the way we turn around and change our lives and keep trying and amaze everyone sometimes with our accomplishments, it is a miracle that shows good is absolutely real and it is more powerful than evil. And I'm here to give you hope and to share with you my confidence, my certainty that no matter what happened to you, There's a little flame of goodness in you that cannot be put out. It's there to bring that subtle but powerful force of goodness through you and out into the world. It's so easy to fall back on the trauma-driven thinking and behavior. It happens. But then we get up and we keep trying. And it helps if you understand this and you're open to it and you're willing to let the light burn a little brighter in you, even when that feels pointless, even when it feels like it will never work. You keep turning your effort toward the good and making it your intention, whether you can see the right next steps or not. With healing, you become willing to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, one next good action after another. And then you look around and you'll see you're walking, the path of good. Now, if you can do that, there's been a great victory for the entire universe. Terrible things have been done by humans, and then great things have come to pass to undo the terrible things. Our human consciousness, we're trapped into it, whether we want to be or not. We inherit the capacity for every form of evil. Where people have descended into genocide, that could have been us. But in healing, We stop that. The evil action that tries to weave through the generations stops here. It's not easy. It's not automatic. We've all got the capacity to be just like the worst people who ever lived. We're no different. Who is to say if we had their DNA and their life experiences and their brainwashing, we wouldn't be just like the worst people in history. Most of us will never become killers, I hope. But we'll be haters. We will. We have been. That hate that we toy with when we get into road rage or political hate or being careless with gossip or online chatter that damages another person's reputation, that's the same impulse, the murderous impulse. If you let it keep going, it goes all the way to the worst, to genocide, in fact. We're not above that. And in fact, I sometimes notice that traumatized people can be very, very drawn to extreme thinking and rhetoric of hate. And it can feel at times like it's the answer. See, I'm such a good person. All these other people here, they're bad. That's hate. That's grandiosity. That's what we're capable of. We've all seen it. We've all done it. And it feels really seductive when you're depressed to swap you know the the feeling of depression out for hate hate is animating hate feels more alive at those times it feels more powerful it is more powerful than depression and it gets you up out of a torpor it gives you a cause to you know go get out there and f up those bad people over there at any cost and this is where trauma comes from this is where it comes from from people blind with anger blind with acting out on their own internalized trauma So hate is not the answer and acting out is not the answer either. If you want to heal, I'd recommend you be very careful not to tear other people down. Don't jump into bitter feuds with people who you know online. If you feel the need to tell other people about the bad things someone else has done, someone you know or a stranger, double check your facts before you do it. Check your motives. Don't personally do anything that you feel that you have to lie about. Don't be stubborn when what's needed is an apology or a kind word or letting go of whatever you were holding against somebody else. Stand up for those who aren't able to stand up for themselves. People who are not in the room when somebody else is trashing them. Somebody who's not powerful enough to defend themselves against a big online attack. And don't use hostility where what you really need are boundaries. Okay? Healing is the answer. When you heal your trauma, you heal yourself. You heal all your future relationships. You heal your possibilities. You heal your destiny. And you brighten your light. When you do this, your light, do you know what I mean by light? This, the the energy and love that you bring into the world with the little things that you do, maybe the big things you do too. Your light ripples out to affect all men and women everywhere, all who have ever lived really, and all who will live. Your light is the most real thing about you. It has not given up on you it is yours to nurture yours to bask in yours to develop yours to share and this is how good wins you make it a priority a sacred priority to heal your trauma wounds you may not know how to do that yet and that's why it's so good you're here with all of us the people in the comment section me my team the people in my courses and my membership All the little lights here are shining together and we help each other. We lift each other up. When one person starts to go down, starts to turn negative, we pull them back in. We revere the good and we heal ourselves so that we can give a hand to the next people we meet who need that. Good wins in the end, but it needs us to try for it. We have to aim for it. So people ask me sometimes, Your daily practice techniques are nice and everything, but how long is it going to take me to heal? Or I don't see why I have to keep working on myself when no one else has to. And you're right. No one has to. Many people don't. But everyone can. And I hope you will because there's nothing more important than overcoming and undoing the evil that was done to you. Now, sometimes... I see healing like grass we're blades of grass like that and it's as if we got stuck for a whole season under a black tarp and the grass didn't die but it can't grow and it seems dead like bad grass it's all yellow and stringy under there and there's little pill bugs and worms and then one day you lift up the tarp you have the power to do that when you're healing and the Sun shines on the grass the Sun can't not shine on the grass it's so natural and the rain falls on it and In not very much time, the grass begins to come back and it becomes what it was always meant to be. It's grass, it's green, it's strong, it's abundant. That's what it's meant to be. You are like that. You're designed to heal just like the grass. You just need water and sun, okay? And what is that? You can think of water as the tools that you use to name and release the bad thing, to become free of it. The hateful thoughts, the discouragement, the bad kind of grief and loneliness that grind you down and drive you towards the worst things you've ever done. Loneliness does that. My tools, personally, are the daily practice techniques that I teach. A lot of you do those techniques with me, and if you haven't tried them and you need some tools, they're lovely for washing away the fearful and resentful thoughts that trauma generates and that can drive you when you haven't healed yet. The links are always down in the description section. The sunshine you can think of as the loving atmosphere that supports your healing, the warmth. With a little luck, you're going to meet people who are walking this path with you. And that's what we've cultivated here on this channel and in the programs I offer, which you can always find in the description section if you want to check them out for yourself. You need water and sunshine, tools and support. You may have thought that nothing good would ever happen again but with tools and loving support you can't help but start sending up green shoots just like grass does it doesn't know it's doing that it doesn't have to know how it just does it it's what it's meant to do when evil happens it is a calamity it's a terrible disruption just like the dictionary says when good is winning though it's a subtle thing it's it's like a river. I often liken it to a river. It's just going along. You can fight it. You can be afraid of it. You can cling to the bank, the, the roots that are sticking out on the bank. You can go, Oh no, I'm not getting in. I'm scared where this is going. But you might start to find as you feel safer because you have less fear and resentment that you can just sort of, without knowing exactly where you're going, you can start yielding to the current of the good and let it begin to change your life in a positive direction. It's normal that traumatized people are nervous about healing because change could mean anything, right? We could lose what little hope we still have. But you're gonna find that it it doesn't tend to play out that way. It's subtle, good is subtle. And you can actually always stop it from happening. That's in, in in my 29 years of healing, I've just sometimes kind of freaked out like, Everything's changing so fast. I'm afraid where this is going. I'm afraid it's going to make me alone. And then I just stop using my tools. You pull away from people who support your healing. We've all done it. Sometimes it feels necessary, but then when you're satisfied that not healing isn't what you want, really, you can just let that warm river carry you along very gently towards your own goodness and fulfillment. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content,